Hey everybody, welcome to this week's podcast, coming from a pretty much empty room in my new place. Uh, hopefully I'll have something a little bit better set up within the next few weeks, but you could expect a dull background. You could sort of see my guitar. <laughs> I took it out just for this reason, just because I didn't want a totally empty background, so I figured, uh, let me bring some of the other, some of New York here with me, but um, hopefully the new mic sounds good. There is some machinery running upstairs, because uh, we're doing some work, so if there's any background noise here today, it probably won't be here in the next few weeks, but either way, uh, certainly mixed feelings coming from the middle of the city to the burbs, but uh, hopefully the podcast will still be good enough. So enough of my rambling, let's jump in and see what we got this week. First up, Thomas Happ, the creator of the game Axiom Verge, came out with a surprise tweet last week that said he was releasing Axiom Verge 2 right away that day. And as of now, it's out on the Switch, the PS4, and PC via the Epic, uh, Epic Games Store, and it should be out on PS5 relatively soon, probably most definitely before the end of the year, or hopefully sooner, based on his tweets and other things that I'd seen. There's already bug fixes being pushed for it as well. Uh, I guess some people had found a few minor things here and there, and he was pretty diligent about immediately patching that. And I believe the versions that you can get on PlayStation and PC are already included with the bug fixes. And I believe I saw one of his tweets mention that it takes longer for Nintendo to push these through. So it might be a week or two before the bug fixes get pushed to the Switch version. But either way, I am absolutely excited to play this game. I loved the first one. Uh, I think it was the right amount of challenging. I think every time I got frustrated with it uh, and angry and, you know, it made me want to stop and go back the next day. It didn't make me want to quit playing it. So hopefully it's uh, it's basically the same style game with just, you know, a few new elements to it. Um, and I'll definitely be doing some kind of live stream or something when I do eventually get it. So maybe it'll work out. Maybe the bug fixes will be pushed by the time I finally have a moment to play it. But either way, if you're interested in a modern Metroidvania style game, definitely check this one out because it is absolutely awesome. Uh, well, at least the first one was absolutely awesome. So unless it was a giant change from the first, it should be just as good. Next up, Chris found a YouTube channel called Norel, and my apologies if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, that recently posted a video that was a good summary of what's been going on in the emulation scene. So if you kind of wanted a, somebody to bring you up to speed on what's been going on with things like um, the Duck Station emulator for PS1 or Project 64 or things like that, this is probably going to be a good video that summarizes everything. We definitely cover a lot of stuff here, like all of the awesome uh, widescreen patches for Super Nintendo and a bunch of the other HD packs and stuff like that, but I guess this one video is a pretty decent summary of everything as a whole, so if that's something you are interested in, maybe give it a try and see if it's, uh, it feeds you your emulation-based news. Okay, this next one's gonna be challenging to talk about, so I'm gonna do this twice. I'm gonna give just the facts now, I'm not gonna waste anybody's time, and then I'll give the full story at the end. That way, if you're listening on audio only in your car, you don't have to fumble with skipping to the next section. So give me 30 seconds for just the facts, and then if you're at all interested, come back at the end. Um, I just received my copy of Demons of Astaborg. Uh, this is the Sega Genesis full copy. And the good news, from a collector's point of view, this is awesome. Even the box that it shipped in is cool, and that contained like a sword that looked like the lead character sword, uh, it contained a map, the Genesis uh, case itself looks awesome with great artwork. The cartridge uh, label and stuff looked great too. From a collector's point of view, it's just everything you could ask for in a modern retro cartridge. It's really cool. Now, the PCB 
has a bunch of problems and only one is dangerous. The other is just kind of reflecting on the workmanship that went into it just to keep it factual and polite. Uh, so if you ended up getting one of these cartridges, if you're listening on audio only, you're going to have to check the post. But if you ended up getting one of these cartridges, check the beveling on the PCB. Uh, you could do this by taking a couple of pictures with your cell phone and zooming in, make sure it's good light. I used a macro lens for this shot, so I was very clear in my demonstration. But the one that I got was only beveled on one side. And you need to have both sides beveled, otherwise every time you insert this in your Genesis, you're going to smash the cartridge pins, and it's going to wear your cartridge pins out very quickly. This isn't one of these things like, oh, maybe your cartridge, or maybe your console would have lasted 30 years, now it's going to last 29 and a half, like, no, this is not good. And luckily though, the team did offer replacements on it. So check out the post, uh, click on all the links, check your PCB. Um, if, if you have Twitter and you feel like it, click on my tweet and post a picture of your PCB, beveled or not, I would just post it because, uh, you know, maybe the team's right and they really are only one or two bad ones. But if yours is not beveled on both sides, definitely ask for a replacement because you don't want to just destroy your console. So other than that, though, as far as like a collector's item goes, I thought it was beautiful. And to be honest, the post really was 99% positive with, oh, by the way, maybe they'll help you fix the PCB. And then stuff got crazy and you know i'll later on clarify all of that so yeah kept it with my two minute version here please check back at the end if you care about the story of what happened and most importantly why you would have to worry about this for any cartridge you buy for any cartridge based console check back in at the end if you don't care i didn't waste any more of your time so we'll go move right on to the next section Software developer Blackwine has just added support for Sega System 2, as well as expanded Sega System 1 support to the Mister. And I guess this all started because Attract 17 reached out looking for help getting the game Guardia to work, since they're both Shmups fans, and Blackwine then just kind of took it from there and ended up expanding a lot of Mr. X's Sega System 1 core, as well as integrated Sega System 2 core support as well. This unlocked a bunch of different games, uh, such as Choplifter, Wonder Boy and Monster Land, Heavy Metal, and a whole bunch of others, um, and some other uh, upgrades and tweaks were done to both. So obviously, anytime something's added to Mr., I am just a giant fan and so appreciative of all of this stuff. I haven't had time to test any of it yet, but I always liked the Sega arcade games. Not every one, but the fact that Sega System 1 and 2 support is getting expanded on means I'm sure my favorite games are going to get are going to be available on Mr. at some point soon, which is absolutely awesome. So as always, if you have the ability to and you're a fan of this stuff, please consider signing up for the Patreon accounts of any of the Mr. developers. If you're not in a position to support, certainly don't feel guilty, but if you have the ability to and you use this stuff and you enjoy it, I just always have to remind people that a lot of this stuff can only happen because of your support. So if you like it and you have the ability to throw whatever their minimum is, please consider doing it because I think very, very often in a lot of cases with these developers, it just comes down to do they have enough spare time or do they need to spend more of their time making money on their day job to pay their bills. So uh, if if you have the ability to do it that might end up in a lot more stuff getting ported so consider uh consider supporting the main page uh from sorg consider supporting Blackwine, and i'm uh, actually not sure if uh sega or if mr x's 
has a Patreon. If they do, I'm signed up for it. So click on my Patreon account and look who I'm following. Because <laughs> uh, if I, I try to support every one of the Mr. Developers, as well as a whole bunch of other people, even at their minimum, because with stuff like this, not to sound like a broken record, but it really is quantity. So if you're a fan and you could support, even if you can't, tell all your friends who like this stuff and maybe one of them can because that really will make the biggest difference so thanks so much to everybody that's part of the mr team for making all of this stuff happen jason's customs is doing one final order of all metal cps2 shells for anybody that was a fan of the jason customs cases for arcade boards now the shop is supposedly not reopening jason just wanted to do one more run so if you have a darksoft multi-kit and a cps2 this is a really really awesome way to enclose all of it I don't know if this one will have a notch for HDMI ports for anybody who installed the CPS Digi Kit. I hope Jason is able to do that, but if not, um, you should be able to do that with the Dremel pretty carefully. And it still covers everything else about the kit that you need. So uh, either way, I would just check with Jason. But if you're a fan of these things, please check out Track 17's post as well as uh, the whole pre-order for this thing because I've seen these in person and they're really great quality. So if you've seen other people's at arcade tournaments or something and you want your own, this is the last chance to do it. There's probably going to be other cases at some point in the future, but they're not going to be ripoffs of Jason's. They're going to be their own design. So if you want this specific design, definitely grab it now while it's available. Pre-orders are now open for the Neo to USB adapter, which is a Neo Geo to USB controller adapter that works with all original Neo Geo controllers and the Mister. The hardware and code behind this all come from Mick Giver, who is the person I spoke about last week with the uh, the very cool podcast that Artemio did, uh, and I believe I've mentioned Mick a few times anyway, but. I own one of these things and it is really cool. This is the one that you could use on your you, uh, you could use via USB on your PC. Sorry, so many letters. Um, and it's great. But if you use it on your mister, it's able to take advantage of the USB low latency polling, which means it averages one millisecond of latency, which for all intents and purposes should be considered zero in the case of the Neo Geo. I don't think there's any Neo Geo light gun games. So as far as gamers go, that is zero added lag to your controller, which is really awesome. I believe the 3D printed case was done by Todd. Uh, and overall, it just seems like an awesome product. I have the uh, the one direct from Demon Bite, uh, but I mean, I don't think those are in stock at the moment. So if this is something that you need, grab it from Todd. This is very cool. The only question that I have is I worked with Mick a few months ago to add button five and six support to this for people like myself who did those direct wire to their arcade sticks. And I did that video a while back on direct wiring your uh, first use with super guns. And it's funny because a lot of those uh, very niche videos that I do barely get any hits, but the people that do see it are like, holy crap, this is exactly what I needed for my arcade stick. So uh, I think a lot of people out there now have direct wired for the use in super guns, but now you could use those same sticks with the mister, provided that you get the extra button five and six added, if you even care about that. I'm assuming you do, but if you're only using Neo Geo and other four or three button games, it's not going to matter. The only question is I'm not sure if this adapter has that wired up. You should probably be able to mod it yourself. Um, I talked to Todd and I, I myself was confused at the repositories on which was which. Uh, so if it doesn't support buttons five and six, I mean this with love and respect. It's not Todd's fault. It's not Mick's fault. 
it's not my fault, but if you want to blame somebody, blame me. I'll totally take one for the team just for the heck of it. I think this is just one of those things that the, the different repositories might have gotten mixed up. Or maybe I forgot to follow up with Mick, which would actually make it my fault. But either way, uh, you know, for four button support with start coin and your directional controller stick, this is absolutely perfect. This is what you want to use for the mister. For anybody with six button controllers, I don't know. You're going to have to double check with Todd or Mick um, and you could possibly be able to mod it. I'm not really sure, but to be perfectly honest, for the price and for the performance, even if you could only, only in quotes, use this with Neo Geo or you know up to four button controllers, I genuinely think if you're somebody who uses an arcade stick on the mister, that this is something that you should seriously consider buying. Fans of arcade beat-em-ups are probably going to love this one. The team that did the 2019 Final Fight 30th Anniversary Edition has just announced that they're porting that from the CPS1 to the CPS2. Now, that original team added a third player, so you could have three players at the same time, as well as some tweaks and enhancements and stuff like that. And now the original team, as well as a few other people who are joining, have decided to port it to the CPS2 to take advantage of the much more powerful boards. So that means you get more, sp more sprites, reduced slowdown, stereo cue sound, more enemies, and unique color palettes. So overall, it's going to be a pretty noticeable improvement for anybody who's a fan of the game and has been regularly playing it on the CPS-1. And this will be playable on the Darksoft CPS-2 Multi, probably original boards if you flash the ROMs, and Mister, which is awesome because now you have a very close to original experience with zero lag added. Uh, it's definitely my favorite way to play a lot of arcade games. So um, this is pretty exciting for fans of the game. It's awesome to see all of that work that they did a couple of years ago continue to evolve. Because, I mean, even in the state it was in, everybody thought it was awesome, but there was a lot of work that went into that. So it's cool to see that work be built upon and evolve into something else. So the team that uh, are now calling themselves Arcade Atavism, I'm probably saying that wrong. My genuine apologies. But the team has a Patreon if you'd like to support them. Work has already uh, been started and it's been progressing fairly smoothly. And overall, it just looks very cool. So check out a track's post. Um, there's even a clip so you could check it out right there. Uh, and overall, it's just pretty exciting. So any fans of Final Fight are at the very least going to want to read this post. Okay, so if you're somebody that ever buys new modern cartridge games to use on cartridge-based video game systems, you're probably going to want to suffer through this rant. If you're the type of person who prefers digital copies, likes to use ROM cards, likes to use emulation, be it software or hardware-based, this probably doesn't apply to you. Stick around if you're curious, but maybe don't waste your time by listening to me ramble. But if you use new carts, you're going to want to hear this, because this will affect your cartridge and you want to probably know where your money's going to and where the value is versus something cheap and shoddy. So let's go down the list of every of the three things that you need to look for when you're buying a new game on a cartridge. The first and the easiest thing is, are the edges beveled? Now, it's the picture I showed before. I'll show it again. You need the edge of your cartridge to be a V-shape. Now, there are some exceptions. I've seen arcade boards sometimes not have it. I've seen things that are meant to be plugged in once or twice not have it, but cartridges, things that you're constantly inserting in your game console, should always, always be beveled. And the reason is that V-shape pushes those pins on the inside of the cartridge slot apart in order for them to separate properly. 
when you don't have either side beveled or only one, like in the case of the Demons of Astabor cart that I got, that smashes those pins and it bends them, it wears them out. And the best real world example of this is the Sega Saturn, because back in the 90s, a whole bunch of action replay carts, not only were they squared, not beveled, but I believe they were even slightly too thick. So a lot of people I know have Saturns where you have to jam a piece of paper in the back to get like the four meg slot to even read anymore. And that's something that's been going on forever. That's not something like, oh, well, it's been 30 years or 25 years or whatever it is. Like that's the, the early 2000s are when I first started hearing about that stuff. So that's a perfect example of what to look for. It should be the simplest thing in the world. You should be able to ask your PCB manufacturer to do it. You should be able to check. Um, when I say it's simple, none of this stuff is easy. But when you're talking about um, your quality assurance, <coughs> excuse me, this is one of the top things that you should always look for. Now, there are tons of cases where companies, and this has happened to me both in retro gaming and in other companies that I've worked for, but there are cases of companies going out there and getting their manufacturing sample, looks perfect, and the manufacturer forgets, decides not to do it, whatever else. It's my personal opinion that you should be very forgiving and lenient when that happens. Um, because, you know, most of the time, these are small indie devs trying to get their product out. But if the dev comes back and says that doesn't matter or that doesn't exist or that was only one, like that's possible, uh, then, you know, that's when you start to have the red flags come up. So always make sure your cartridge edge is beveled. If you have a very steady hand and you've done stuff like this before, you could probably bevel it yourself. If you've never done it before, I wouldn't try. Uh, just my own personal opinion. So that's number one. The, the second thing is sort of debatable and... I'll I'll talk about the facts versus uh, you know versus my opinions on it, and I'll try to make that clear. But the material of the pads on the end, so the little fingers, if you will, that actually touch the metal inside the cartridge slot, those are always supposed to be hard gold because that's the material that has the best conductivity for this uh, for this application, and it lasts the longest. Now. Once again, many times people get their manufacturing samples back, cartridge has hard gold, and then the manufacturer does a switcheroo to save some money and basically rip off the company, and they use Enig instead. Um, Enig is a different type of material that is probably fine, but it's definitely not as good as hard gold. So it is my opinion, not fact, that if you get a cartridge with uh, with the wrong metal material on it, it's not the end of the world. It will never hurt your, well, I say never. I don't like to say never. I could never imagine a scenario in which it would ever damage your console. Um, if Please somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I cannot ever see a scenario in which uh, a cartridge that has Enig instead of hard gold would be pro a problem other than it might not last as long. It'll scratch a lot quicker and that's something you could definitely see on the demons of astabor cart uh, when i zoomed in on mine there's definitely scratch marks on it even though it's probably only plugged in for testing and you see that less with hard gold so that's definitely something that you're going to want to check on that as well the last part is voltage and this is something that renee and i talked about a lot over the years um you know a lot of people attacked renee over this and stuff like that but we've had a hard time uh, coming up with an analogy or a, a visualization to explain to people what's what's going on with voltages. And there's also two scenarios. There's number one, something is going on that sends voltage to the console that could damage it. 
that's not that common. You could see that in those like uh, 101 NES bootleg carts. Some of the older 161 and one Neo Geo carts had some had some issues. But generally speaking, when you're talking about voltage mismatch, it's probably never going to hurt your console. It's just a sign of a bad design. And an analogy I came up with that a couple of people okayed, gave you their, their blessing on, if you will, is imagine you just spent a ton of money on a brand new roof for your house. And the roofer ran out of tiles, so the last tile is just duct tape. The reality is, that'll probably last forever. It'll probably last just as long as the tiles. You'll probably never, ever have a problem. There's almost no chance of just one tile missing with duct tape instead on there. I mean, there's almost no chance of that causing an issue on your roof. But how would you feel if you spent all that money, you eventually climb up on your roof and you see a piece of duct tape up there? And that's how I look at people who take these cartridges, especially now after years and years of everybody being educated on this. You know, in 2010, if you made a cartridge with that, hey, you know, whatever, we didn't know, cool. But now when there's so much information out there in the retro gaming world, it's just a sign of a badly built PCB. And that's not an opinion. That's that's definitely a reflection upon the design. So a lot of people seem to disagree with that, and I just never understand why. And their explanations usually sound more fanboyish than factual. Uh, I'm always open to be corrected, always. I'm, I'm always learning something new. I'm always changing my opinions, but I'm pretty, pretty sure that this is not an opinion. I'm pretty sure that's just a fact. If you look at something like this and you go, that's missing 15 cents worth of level translators, you probably don't need them, but why wouldn't you do that? That That is just a sign of something that's not built as well. And whenever me and my, my nerdy paranoia looks at something like that, the first question I always ask is, what else is wrong? And in the case of Demons Astaborg, it was the beveling and the, the hard gold or the not hard gold on there. So... Very, very disappointed. I wanted to end this, especially for my new place, on a super happy note. I wanted to have, you know, nothing but uh, but smiles and laughs and silliness. But unfortunately, it's kind of my job to make sure that I speak the truth about this stuff. Measurable truth with science to back it. You know, not, you know, not craziness, not info wars, like legit, actual, measurable science. The earth is freaking round. Lag does matter. And if you spend a hundred bucks on a cartridge, you should not get a shoddy PCB in there. So I'll end the rant now. Sorry to waste everybody's time if you didn't care or if I overexplained, but I need to make sure that I was truthful about this because I just don't want I just don't want to wake up tomorrow, check, you know, check social media and have another hundred people tell me I'm an asshole for for slandering a perfectly good company. It's not what happened. So uh, hopefully I gave you the facts. All right. Anybody still with me? If you are uh, I just, I have nothing but love, respect, and gratitude for you allowing me to take your time from you. I take what I do incredibly seriously. I love everybody in this scene, even the ones that drive me crazy sometimes. I love all of the crazy things everybody is inventing and putting out there and donating their time. And I just, uh, you know, sometimes it's my job to take one for the team and be the bad guy. And I hate it. I always want to be the jolly fat Santa with a beer in his hand, smiling, making fun of myself, not talking down about other people. So if you're still with me, thank you very much. Um, 
If you are one of my audio or video file friends that uh, that lovingly likes to correct me when anything in my setup is wrong, uh, you know, put it out there. But also, please remember, this is an, in a very empty room. There's machinery going on in the other room, so um, maybe give me a pass this week for audio quality. But I gotta say, I'm loving, I'm loving the Deity S mic. Uh, I've, I've listened to a couple samples back and it sounds pretty cool and I think it's going to sound even better when it's even quieter in the background. So uh, I'm, I'm loving now. Here's the old mic right here. So here you go. I went from having this to this and uh, I'm liking it. So anyway, thank you all so much. Uh, thanks to everybody's patience during the move that I haven't been I've barely been responsive on social media and on Patreon and on Floatplane. My, my apologies. Uh, everybody's been really, really patient and respectful. Uh, big shout out to Attract17 for donating time to, to put all these posts out there and, and pick up the slack for me while I'm moving. Can't tell you how much I appreciate that one because I love to see... I love to see retro RGB keep flowing, but I also love to see other people's opinions on the same stuff. Uh, and I'm so lucky that I get to read other awesome people's opinions on stuff I love and sometimes just agree wholeheartedly, other times add my own opinion to stuff too. Uh, it's just, I'm very lucky to be doing this and I hope even after my weird rant, everybody knows that I have just nothing but love and respect for, for everybody or maybe almost everybody. <laughs> but so uh, that's it as always thank you to everybody who watches listens plays nicely in the comments and especially to anybody that supports on patreon float plane uh, direct on youtube or, or even just any of the click-through links and affiliate links and stuff because it is your support that's keeping all of this stuff alive uh, i'm so lucky to be able to do it and i want to keep doing it for as long as i can so thank you all so much and i will see you next week